Welcome back to the Hindsight Podcast. I'm John, a.k.a. the E3 hater. That was a bad E3 this year. Not cool, Brian! Don't say that again! You know, it actually was a pretty weak E3 this year, to be honest. They didn't really announce anything that really, you know, got my blood... Not boiling, because blood boiling sounds angry. You got my blood pumping. There you go. Nothing really got my heartbeat racing. Got my booty cheeks tingling. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they were nothing spicy out there this year. And it's like, I think that part of it is because, like, last year was a console generation. Uh, with the announcement of the new consoles, like the PS5 and then the Xboxes. And whatnot. So, like, all of, like, the big hitters, they all drop when, like, a new console comes out. So, like, this year is, like, the in-between year where, like, you know, the the, the studios that actually drop, like, heaters, they just drop their, you know, drop their huge load on the generation year. So now we have, like, this kind of, like, lull year. And we're still waiting on, like, games that were announced, like, last year to come out this year. So, like, the E3 for this year is just, like, they're talking about games that we already know about or and then the new ones they're announcing like hey, these are weak bro these are weak the thing is too like i don't even have a console so like <laughs> i don't even know why i care like <laughs> i don't have a console it's just actually really sad i really wanted to get a console though and one of the new ones although i don't think anyone in existence was able to like cop an or like a new console i was really one of the ps5 ps5 is pretty dope but, uh, yeah, like, unless you were, like, a YouTuber or a streamer, probably don't have a PS5. Like, <laughs> that's whack, too, because it's been so long at this point. Like, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't, like, you know, met the demand, at least. God, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Xbox, I think Xbox is, like, they've generally been getting the people, the people that want them. Generally, not, they're, they're not in abundance that people can buy them. Generally, getting there, like I mean, if if I had to get, if I was like desperate for a console, right? I'd, I'd get I get the Xbox, the Xbox Series S. It's like what two fifty? That's pretty cheap in console language. Actually, is it two fifty? Let me make sure. I don't know if it's actually two fifty. I'm curious now. Xbox Series S. There we go. Clickety click. How much? God, that's not what I. Dang, it's like 400 But still, cheaper than the Xbox Series X. But there's no way. It's no way. No, no, no. No, no. That's got to be resale value. There's no way it's that expensive. I, I refuse to believe that. Is it? No. <laughs> what I'm seeing here is the Xbox Series X is $931. There is no way that console is almost a grand. That's cap. Absolute cap. That's got to be some scalping stuff right there. But it's from Walmart. So, like, would Walmart really be scalping? That wouldn't surprise. Actually, it might be because it's rare. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, when supply is less than demand, prices increase. That's AP Economics 101. There you go. ADAS graph. If you're ever going to take the AP Economics exam, if you're in high school still, ADAS graph, all you need. That's the only reason why I passed that exam. I got a five on that exam, too. But... Still, that's stupid. But 931, I'm not paying 931 for a freaking console. That's a grand for a console, bro? Nah. Especially when, like, market price was, what, 600? Something like that? 
kind of the PlayStation uh, with the disc tray market was like about six hundred five ninety nine, and then no disc tray. I think it was three ninety nine, maybe four ninety nine, something like that. These freaking scalpers, man, and resellers, freaking suck. Either way, though, <laughs> it is June twenty third. Also, it is a Wednesday. Hopefully, you're having an absolutely amazing day. Hopefully, if you wanted to get a console, you definitely didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you probably didn't get it. <laughs> After, what, seven months? What they got now? They got released in November, I think. So, six plus two, eight months. Still, people ain't getting their consoles. Actually, I'm lying. I technically do have a console. I have a Nintendo Switch. It's my first console ever only console that i've ever owned <laughs> mostly the most of my gaming on pc anyway i love the switch though i haven't used it in a minute i rarely ever actually use it it's kind of sad especially because i bought the harry potter collection like a couple months ago i think i talked about that still haven't beat it I actually i have not beat beaten a single game that i have on my switch that's pretty sad and like every time i'll be like okay nah i'm gonna like Buckle down on a game and beat it. I want to knock out the games that I own and beat them all. Still, I've not done it. Like, I still haven't beaten Super Mario. I've had that one since I bought the console. I bought that with the console at the same time. It was a bundle deal. Also bought Legend of Zelda. Uh, haven't beat that one. What else haven't I beaten? Super Smash Bros. Haven't beat the story on that yet. Oh, so I got Harry Potter that's in there. I haven't beat the story on those two games. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had quite a bit that I got to get through. Technically, I beat the story on FIFA. I'm going to count that. Like, <laughs> oh, man. This is the problem with, uh, with games and gamers. It's like we'll have, like, a huge game collection. I mean, you haven't even beaten most. Well, I guess I can't say like we, me at least. I know there's a couple other guys that like I personally know that are kind of like that. I thought I have a bunch of games and like haven't beaten any of them. And then like we'll get together and be like, hey, which one to play? Like, I don't got nothing to play, bro. Like, they do have a shelf full of games. Well, no one actually has physical games anymore. But like, they'll have like a dock full of games and like we won't know what to play. Like, uh, they ain't got no games, bro. Got 30 games sitting on his dock. I ain't got no games to play, bro. Like, <laughs> like when you go to the fridge and it's full of food, you got nothing to eat. Or you got a closet full of clothes, there's nothing to wear. It's like, you know, same deal. Check out my freaking Steam library. I got hella games in there. Have Actually, nice cap. I have beaten a couple of them. So I beat Super Hot in the Super Hot DLC. And I technically beat Civilization. I love Civilization. Civ Five, one of my favorite games of all time. That was the only ones that I've beaten. Yeah, those the only ones that I've beaten. I got a couple of Assassin's Creed's on there. and haven't beaten those. Haven't even played the... Well, I can't play them now because I sold or gave away my computer. And now I have a Mac, so, like... I'm not freaking loading up Assassin's Creed <laughs> on a Mac. That's definitely not happening. It's on a MacBook Pro. Like, that's not going to happen. If I had, like... Actually, I actually don't even think they run on Mac OS. But if I had, like, a, a desktop, like an iMac, I'd probably... Gonna run it, get it going. If I get a do a virtual system, but yeah, on a MacBook Pro, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Some games, though, I will admit, do run pretty well on a MacBook. Like League runs pretty crispy. It takes advantage of the GPU. Runs pretty crispy on 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 the Mac. Like gaming on a MacBook is like <laughs> a cardinal sin. Like <laughs> you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> but hey, 
you know, league is pretty not taxing anyway, so there's that. It's also pretty much the only game that I actually play consistently, so there's also that. Either way, hopefully you're having an absolutely amazing day. My day, been pretty boring. Just did some deliveries. Actually, that's cat. Something interesting actually kind of just happened. So, I'm just getting back from the tags office. Uh, earlier this morning before I left, my dad was like, hey, we should go register your car today. Get back early. We'll go do it. I said, cool. So I delivered for like two, two and a half hours. Came back home. My dad was like, all right, cool. You go there. I'll meet you there. So he drove, we drove separately so that the way he could go. So wherever he needed to go afterwards, all fine and dandy. So I show up. I check in because, you know, COVID stuff, you can't, they don't want a bunch of people like crowded in there. So you got to like check in and text me when you can come in. Last time, I waited like 30-ish minutes before he texted me to come in. This time, I waited over an hour. Like an hour 15, I was waiting in my car. I remember the guy told me to come in. And my dad had somewhere he had to be. Like, he had a meeting he had to get to. So he couldn't wait. He had to leave. So he was like, yeah, just call me when you get to the desk. Uh, whatever I want to tell you how much it's going to be, I'll cash up you the money. You'll be good to go. It's like, cool, thanks. Gotcha. So he texted me to come in. I then go inside so I can now wait in line. I need to wait in a virtual line so that way they can let you in to wait in the physical line. So now I'm inside waiting in the physical line. Waited there for about 30-ish minutes. So in total, this entire waiting process was about hour 45, hour 50, almost two hours of waiting. And I get to the counter. I'm like, I tell the lady, I'm like, hey, I need to register my car. She's like, cool. I give her the papers. She looks at them for like 15 seconds. She's like, you bought this car uh, in Marietta? I say, yeah. She's like, so this so like what I'm seeing is like it's a registered Georgia dealer. I'm like, yeah. That's how it works, I guess, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, okay, so legally I can't register this car because since you bought it from a registered Georgia dealer, they have to be the one to register the car. So like we can't actually do it. That was <laughs> <laughs> it was a gut punch, man. Not, not like in like a, a mad angry way, like I was last time with that whole ordeal. Because I can still drive the car, right? Got the temporary tag. I'm good till August to drive the car, so that's not a problem, right? It was a gut punch because, like, for one, I waited almost two hours just for a thirty second conversation. Like I was at that window for less than a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man! And on top of that, it's like. We now have to then do that hour drive back up to that dude just to register this car. And it's like, it's just really frustrating. It's like frustrating, annoying, not frustrating, annoying. It's annoying. It's an annoyance, I guess you can say. I mean, to be fair, there's no rush, right? Like, I have till August. So, like, you know, we can do it uh, whenever, preferably not late on a Friday, so he can actually do it this time. But also, I feel like he should have known that, like, since he is a registered licensed Georgia dealer, I feel like he should have known that we weren't we wouldn't be able to do that. But then it still wouldn't matter because he wasn't able to do it that day because it was already late. The system was down, so like we would have still had to come back. But I guess like if he had told you had to come back, maybe. Well, if he had told you had to come back, it would have been better because I wouldn't have waited in the line for two hours to get told I have to go back to the other guy. But I, you know, it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. You're not going to hear me bang on the desk and scream to the mic for 12 minutes this time because I can still drive the car. So it's a-okay. You win some, you lose some, I guess. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, besides that, it was a pretty boring day. Just uh, doing some deliveries. Having fun. Being back out on the road. 
sitting in traffic every once in a while. Got to get back to like uh, my old routes. Like I saw my routes memorized. It's just that my process to picking my routes, I'm rusty on it. So like knowing traffic patterns based off time of day, a little rusty on that one. So like, uh, you know, because like usually... I wouldn't have to look at the traffic map on Google Maps. I can just know on based on time of day, like what route I should take to get back home or to get to where I'm going to get back home. Getting where I'm going, that's heavily dependent on the traffic map because morning traffic is very unpredictable. People don't know how to drive in the morning. There's always accidents somewhere. So yeah, that's unpredictable. Going back home, traffic is very predictable based off the times. So usually I know at this hour, I should take this route that will have the least resistance in terms of traffic, yeah, kind of like somewhat forgot that system a little bit. And so today also, like, I didn't look at the traffic map in time uh, until I got stuck in a little bit of traffic. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess now I can just take the next route that's closest to me, which was an inefficient route because it was longer. And if I had known about the traffic, I would have taken the most efficient route, which is Technically the same length, but it's more direct, right? Like this route, now I had to go backwards a little bit to then go forwards because of my position and where I was. You get what I'm saying? But, you know, it's all getting back into the flow of things. It comes. It goes. It happens. Either way, let's get into the episode. <laughs> so we got the philosophical questions, picker, proctor, whatever program pulled up. Actually, speaking of this, because I was kind of showing this off to a kid yesterday in one of my in my class, my info systems class. We get into a group uh group, little group assignment and uh, so I got paired up with these uh two guys or whatever. And so this is this is an info systems class, which is a major course. Pretty much everyone in this class or actually everyone in the class is a computer science major. Right? Of of differing differ differing differentiation. Yep, of differing focuses. So like if you're doing like digital media or something like that, you're still technically considered a computer science major. You're just you're just focusing on uh, digital media and whatnot. So like my focus is software development. Some people security, cybersecurity, you know things like that. IT structure, whatnot, right? And so uh, I'm paired up with these two guys, and one of this one of this dude one of this dude one of these dudes, he's a uh, I think he's like a sophomore, something like that. Based off the classes that he was taking, I would say he's probably about a sophomore, uh, if not going into his sophomore year. Because this is, because Info Systems is like uh, an early level major course. I just kind of skipped around it a little bit because I didn't want to take it. <laughs> so now I'm taking it. And I'm taking it over the summer because I didn't want to take it during like a semester. Because it's an intro level course. I didn't want to take a whole semester to do that. But either way, uh, I was talking to this kid, he was talking about uh, his difficulty that I was having, uh, the difficulty he had last semester in his intro to programming course, and uh, I was supposed to explain to him like how the course path works, because uh, he also wants to do software development, well he wants to go to game development, but it's kind of the same pathway. And I was like, yeah, you do, you do intro programming, then intermediate, then advanced, and you got your extracurricular stuff, like... Uh, you have your intro to security, intro to networks, because they gotta like expose you to everything. Even even though at that point you've already decided your focus, you still gotta like do the intro to other focuses, which is kind of dumb. But either way, he was talking about how like he was struggling 
with coding and like it with Java and Eclipse. And he was asking, he was like, it's like, do we only learn JavaScript like in our classes? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> your programming classes are all based in JavaScript. So, better get good at it or at least like fall in love with it or something. Like, because you're not going to do anything else. Because Python, in my opinion, is the, the, the funnest of all the programming languages. He can do so much stuff with it. Like, you know, creating AI, creating automated bots, all that stuff that, like, I've talked about before that I've done in the past. Like, that's super duper fun. And you can get really creative with that. JavaScript, like, yeah, you can, you can, you can create some stuff. But, like, I mean, like, it ain't no Python. Also, Python is very much so easier to pick up than JavaScript. And so I, I was showing him, you know, some of the stuff that we did, that I did in my intermediate programming class, showing some of the programs. I showed him like the, my little uh, philo philo philosophical questions picker. And I was like, yeah, so like this, I made this on my own time as a personal project, but I made this using skills that I learned from that class. So like, yeah, you may not like it, but like, you know, make sure you pay attention to your classes actually like try to learn some stuff if a teacher's bad like youtube is your best friend pretty much that's the fact of life especially when it comes to programming youtube and stack overflow are your best friend if you want to learn something or bring something out like if you, your teacher kind of freaking sucks but then if you actually do learn this stuff and pick it up you can apply it in a bunch of other places and it's applicable in a bunch of other places i felt like an old man Talking to a little kid, like <laughs> passing down my wisdom to the young bloods. <laughs> like, yeah, pay attention to your classes, learn some things. You can use it in the real world, or you can use it for your personal stuff. And I showed him like uh, my uh, my email script thing that I did in Python and uh, stuff like that. I'm like, yes, yeah, like you, you, if you like actually like l just go out of your way and learn these things on your own, like one. It'll prepare you a lot better for the classes. So when you actually take these classes, you're not actually learning anything. It's more of a review of what you've already learned and what you already taught yourself. So you're more inclined to actually pass the class because you're not learning from a, from the teacher. You've already taught yourself these things. And now you're just getting like a more, like a foundational level to what you've already taught yourself. But then two, if you know how to already program and code before you get into these classes, you can create some really cool things to help you out with these classes. So, like, I created uh, a little automated bot. I don't think I ever talked about this one. I created a little automated bot for my final exam, uh, for my intermediate programming class, because we were able to reuse code from other programs in our final project that we did. And so I created a little uh, code typing AI bot type deal. And it was simple because I wasn't actually typing code. I just essentially loaded the, the uh, programs that I knew had code that I would need, and I just put them into a folder and let the bot go through and copy and paste certain code into certain files and pretty much write the code for me. It's not cheating because I still had to write, I, I had to make the bot, so like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Well, I was like, yeah, it's like if you, you know, if you learn these things, you could find a bunch of cool ways to, like, 
get around or find a bunch of cool ways to do the work you have to do in your programming class because you're not spending so much time doing the work. You already know the work. You already know how to do it. So you can find cooler ways to do it and more fun ways to do it. It's just, yeah, I don't know why I really went on this little journey story. All I wanted to say was I showed the kid the bot or my questions picker. He thought it was like super duper cool. And it made me feel really cool because like it's a pretty simple program. He said, like, in my eyes, it's a pretty simple, like, basic program, but the way the way that this dude thought it was, like, the dopest thing ever just gassed me up. <laughs> oh, hey, actually, maybe, maybe, maybe I am pretty good. You know, maybe I am pretty cool. I don't know. Because, like, once, like, for me, it's, like, when I know how to do something, or, like, when I get good at something like that, like, like creating scripts or, you know, stuff like this, it's, like, I don't know, like, it, the, the not, like, the glamour, but, like, the pizzazz of it kind of, like, gets lost on me, I guess you can say, because it's like, now it's normal, right? It's like, yeah, this is something that I do. I know how to do this thing. If I needed to create not something else just like this, I could probably do it in like 20 to 30 minutes. But I, whatever script that I want to make or whatever, whatever bot I want to make, whatever idea I have, yeah, I could probably go make it in a couple of hours. And, you know, I'm ready to look up a couple things. And, like, then to, to me, it's like, it's not a big deal really it's like yeah, yeah this is something i do but then like to someone who doesn't actually understand the processes behind it or ever it's like the coolest thing ever and so like because i don't really show anyone these programs or anything like that it's my mom my mom always gasses me up when i show her my, my cool stuff <laughs> typical mom stuff you know boosting their son but uh you know showing someone else that and like him thinking he was like the dopest thing ever it just like i was like ah uh, yeah well you know maybe i'm a little cool Maybe I'm a little bit good at this. Perhaps. I don't know. A little bit of imposter syndrome. Because, like, am I actually good at this? I haven't even graduated college. So am I even really that good at it? But then I also ask myself, am I even good enough to have imposter syndrome? See, that'll shake you. <laughs> it's like, you, you, you think you have imposter syndrome. Then you got to ask yourself, am I even good enough to have imposter syndrome? See, that, that, that'll hit your core, man. I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> Either way. I've been going on about other stuff. Let's uh, let's get into this first question here. What we got here? Clickety click. Should taxpayers have the option to explicitly say what they don't want their tax dollars spent on? Absolutely, a hundred and ten percent yes. In my personal opinion, hold up. Let me make sure I get this number down. One seventy-eight. Yep. Yeah, a hundred and ten percent. I think that's the case. There is a uh, J Cole song. Forgot the name of the song. It's off of his last album, uh, For Your Eyes Only. And uh, he said, it's 2018, I should be able to, what? <laughs> God, I want to look it up. I also don't want to look it up because I'm going to waste time. Either way, he's, he's 2018, I should pick the things my, my money's funding from an app on my screen. Something like that. But that right there, I, I, I follow that thought process. I agree with that thought process. Bro, it's 2021, bro. 2021, I pay my taxes, hopefully you pay your taxes too, if you don't, you're probably going to end up in jail pretty soon, so like, <laughs> should probably get on that, but yeah, I pay my taxes, but I don't decide where my taxes go, right, like, like I feel like, yeah, they should make an app on my phone, and so when I pay my taxes, I can say what I want my taxes to fund, the reason why they will not do that is because... There are things that our taxes go to that we definitely wouldn't want our taxes, our, our hard-earned dollars to go to. 
but the government wants to keep funding those things. And so if we have the choice to pick where our money goes to, there will be areas that wouldn't get a lot of funding, right? So like, I bet there'd probably be plenty of people that wouldn't want to put money into, I don't know, the military, I say that your tax dollars do go towards military. I mean, technically, everything that the government spends money on is from our tax dollars. So, like, <laughs> you know, there's that. But, like, uh, yeah, so, so let's say, like, half the country says they don't want their money to go towards the military. I mean, the government could still then take out a loan or whatever to supplement the missing money, but that then puts them in more debt. And so, right, like, so, like, they... they they wouldn't want to give us the choice because we would then choose what we want. And although the government is technically supposed to serve the people, it's that's not what it's actually there to do anymore, at least. Like, we don't have a say in those kinds of things. Like, we're, we're, we don't, we're not allowed to have a say in those kinds of things. Just, like, we have the illusion of a say in who becomes president. Right? Like, who you vote for doesn't matter. I mean, okay, run that back, run that back. Who you vote for does matter. You still should go out and vote because your votes then influence the Electoral College and your electorate. Yeah, like in your electorate. So, like, they vote based off of the popular vote from their states and their districts and whatnot. The thing is, they don't have to. Right? Like, like, we've seen it before, too, because I'm pretty sure it wasn't like Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but she lost the election because electoral votes. Like, you see what I'm saying? So, like, like, so the president isn't necessarily someone who's picked off the popular vote. They're not selected by the people. They're selected by people who are supposed to represent the people. You get what I'm saying here? So when it comes to, like, tax dollars and deciding where our money would go, they don't, they wouldn't let us decide that. It is decided by people that are supposed to decide what the people necessarily want or what's best for the country because the people in power, the people in government, we ordinary citizens don't know what's best for the country, right? Like, like we we don't understand the inner workings of everything. And to be fair, there are a lot of things that I don't understand. There are a lot of things that the rest of the population doesn't understand about the inner workings of the country. But at the same time, it's like, the government is less so working for the people nowadays and more so just doing what they want. Like, it's, it's not working for the people. It's having the people work for them, pretty much. That's uh, not a good analogy there. I don't think that one really works out. But <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though. You get what I'm saying. It's like, I, don't know, I, 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 I think it's, it's kind of a backwards way how all this stuff works. Like, democracy... Is great. Yeah. <laughs> Democracy is great. And it, it works really well uh, in theory and in practice. But if done correctly, right? If the people being represented actually have a say in what they're being represented on. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, like, if you elect someone to Congress, right? To Senate or whatever, right? The things that they run on aren't necessarily things that they do when they get into office, 
right? Like they, they could they they say what they want to say, what they need to say to get elected. And then when they actually get elected, they do what they gotta do. They do whatever they want to do. Like it doesn't really matter because they already got the job, right? And it's like they know they have their job secured for four years. Is it two years for the Senate? No, I think it's four years for Senate. But yeah, but it's, we vote two years after the presidential election because the in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like. You know, you know, so it's so like we vote for these people, but then they go to office and switch up on us, right? They hit you with a little change up. And it's like, okay, the person I voted for, I thought you were going to, you know, be hard against this and be strong supporting this. When you switch up from peer pressure from other people in office, like that's like, then why, why did I vote for you in the first place for you to get there? It's like, we got to understand the people that we are electing represent us are also humans, and humans suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've said it a bunch of times before. Humans just freaking suck. Like, we, we all do what's best for ourselves. Because, you know, we're selfish creatures inherently. And so that is the case for the people that are supposed to represent us. They're selfish. So they do what's best for them. What's in their best interest for their career path. Right? And so if going against what they ran on is best for them in order of... In order to, like, either make friends... Uh, in office, or to then, or to perhaps get reelected later on, because you know there was a shift uh, in party population in their district or state, then they do that because to, they they want to get reelected. They want they want to stay hired for their job. So that's they're not gonna they don't represent the people necessarily. They represent themselves and their own interests because we don't have a say in anything. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna stop ranting about the government now. <laughs> But yeah, so to answer, I already answered the question, which taxpayers have the option to explicitly say what they don't want the taxes, their tax dollars spent on. Yeah, I definitely agree that should be a thing. I just know that it will never actually be a thing. So, next question. Are all individuals morally obligated to save another person's life if they are able? Or if that person lives in another country? I think this question is trying to allude to like charity work. But we'll, 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 we'll get there. <laughs> all, are all individuals morally obvious in a person's life if, if they are able to? You want to know, <clears throat> there's actually a court case on this a couple years back in Florida. Uh, I'm not sure what year it happened. I think maybe 2016, something like that, perhaps. I don't really remember. Maybe 2017. I don't know. It, it happened late in the uh, 2010s. And uh, it was a court case of these four teenagers who videoed a guy drowning in a river in Florida. And what the prosecution was trying to go at there was that they had the ability to save him, but they didn't. It said they recorded and laughed or whatever and let the man die, right? And so I don't think, I'm pretty certain that they didn't get convicted for any of it, right? Because... Legally speaking, th th that's that's not on them. Like you don't legally have to save someone in danger, right? There's no law that says if you see someone in danger, you have to save them. But this question is, of course, asking morally, and on on the moral end of it, you, you want to say yes if you have the ability to save someone. You should. Do I agree with that? I think I do agree with that. I, I think that if you have the ability and the power to do something, you should do it. 
in whatever form that takes. If someone's in danger and you have the power to save them without endangering yourself, because you shouldn't sacrifice yourself for other that's selfish, but we're humans, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, look at a plane, right? When you're on a plane, it says, you know, put the mask on yourself where you help other people. That's the same thing in real life. Like, <laughs> um, it's like, if you're in a position to save someone without, you know, endangering yourself, I think you should do that, right? And I think for the most part, most people do do that. They have the empathy to do that. Right, like when a car accident happens, like a really bad car accident, you know, people will stop and check on the people, try to save the people. It doesn't matter who's at fault on the accident, they just want to save people. They want to make sure that everyone's okay. Right? And I respect that. Like I think that I think that that's that's how it should be. I think if you know, like if I'm in a position that I can help someone or save someone, save someone's life, then yeah, I would do it. Have I ever been in that position before? To save someone's life? Uh, well, I'm not sure if it was necessarily life-saving. Like, I'm not sure if they would have died. But, like, I've been in positions where, like, I helped someone before that was perhaps in danger because I had the ability to do so. Uh, when I was in... Where, where were we? I don't even remember where we were. I think it was somewhere in Savannah when I did this. It was in, it was in college. Uh, but yeah, we're at this river uh, area, and like these people, they were they were like uh, tubing through the river. We were definitely were not in Savannah, but <laughs> I don't remember where I was. I was with some friends, and uh, this guy, I could say guy, boy, perhaps he was probably around ten, twelve years old. He falls out of his tube, and like there's a kind of rougher area. And, like, this kid, he's screaming, he's flapping, and, like, his mom was further up ahead, and she, like, kind of turned her tube to see him, but she couldn't get out of her tube, because she got out of her tube, she also probably would have got swept up by the, uh, the swift water. And so, we got a, uh, like a stick, it wasn't a log, yeah, a stick, a really long stick, because it was kind of in a wooded area. And uh, me and my other friend that slid down the hill towards the river, stuck the stick out, and uh, the kid was able to grab it, and we kind of pulled him in until he was able to hold on to a rock. And then we kind of just, like, stretched over to to help pull him onto the shore or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we could have just kept on walking if we saw what had happened, because I don't know the kid, don't know the family, you know, like, it's none of my business in theory. Legally speaking, I wouldn't be in the wrong for doing that if the kid died. Otherwise, like I said, I don't think the kid would have died. Hey, he probably would have died, actually. He might have died. I don't know. He didn't, though, so that's what's important. But because it's like, you know, I see this person in danger. And, like, I know that I have the ability to do something. So I, you know, I'm going to use that ability. What's the point of having power if you don't use it, Right? Like, you can have all the power in the world, but if you don't use it, you're the weakest person. Like, it doesn't matter. So, I think that, I think individuals are kind of morally obligated to save someone else's life if they're, if they're able to. If they're able to, that is the key part of the question as well. Like, if they are able to, if you don't have the ability to do it, I don't think it's on you. Like, if you don't have the ability to save someone's life, then it is what it is. 
they're screwed. But like, <laughs> if you have the ability, like I said, like if you have the power to do something, then you should do it. Because there's no point in having power if you don't, you know, if you don't use it. And the second part of the question was, what if that person was in another country? I think kind of goes to like charity stuff and like donating to charities. I mean, like I said before, like if you have the ability to do something, you should do it. Like if you have the, if you have the finances available to donate for a good cause in a different country, I think you should do it. I'm not saying you should go broke doing that. Like if you have the ability to do it, yeah, I think you should do it. Like I think donating to charity is a great thing. The good charities. I think donating to charity is a great thing. I think donating money to people in need is a great thing. You know, it doesn't matter what country they're in. If someone's in need and I have the ability to do something about it, I think that is a great thing. And when it says, I think that question kind of answers itself though, because it says, are all individuals morally obligated to save another person's life? Another person's life doesn't matter what country you're in. A person's a person. So if I say you're, you're morally obligated to save a person's life, I don't care what country you're in. I think that's the case. Like, if I'm in this country and you're in a different country and I have the ability to do something for you to save you, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like the, like I said, there's no point in having the power to do something if you don't use it. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah, we'll go with that. That's a, I mean, it's a pretty solid answer. <laughs> Been going on for a minute, but I only done two questions. So, like, I want to do another one, but I feel like I might go on for too long. If I go now, I'll go another one anyway. Who cares? It's my podcast. I can go for it as long as I want. Is privacy a right? <laughs> well, it's a good thing I got a short question. Yeah, I think in this day and age, privacy is a right. Like, that's why there's so many privacy laws coming into uh, coming into existence, right? Because, like, we, we live so much of our lives online, right? We look, look at last year. You didn't even have a choice whether you wanted to or not. Like, you had, if you're, with the pandemic going on, so much of our lives were moved online, right? And so, in a manner like that, Privacy is a right because, like, we should have the right to keep our data private, right? Like, like just like, just like uh, we have the right to do whatever we want in our house, sort of. Like, you can't like do illegal stuff, but you, you, you get what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like if, if you're if you're in your house, you could walk around naked all you want. It doesn't matter because you have privacy in your house, right? Like, if you keep all the windows open, you walk around naked, and someone sees you, that's on you, right? You're willingly giving up your privacy, right? But if your windows are closed, you now have that right to privacy. If someone then, you know, comes to your window and, like, somehow manages to open up your curtains to look at you, they are now infringing on your privacy, right? I think the same thing works in terms of the interwebs, right? Like, if I give, if I open up my window, you can look at whatever you want inside my house because I've essentially invited you to do so. I opened up the window and I had a choice whether to do so or not to do so. But if my window is closed, right, then you do not have the right to look into my house. I'm not inviting your eyes into my house, right? I'm speaking in terms of like data, in terms of like online. Like if if that's why I like the, the the Apple update that came out a couple months back. I think it was fourteen point four or five. It did this where now when you open an app, a new app, it said it uh, gives you a little pop up like, do you want to allow this app to track your data and it shows you what data they would track, or do you want to not allow the app to track your data? That's how it should be because it's like 
if I give if I'm given the choice and I choose to, then I have no complaint. I can't complain about whatever they whatever happens with that. But if I'm given the choice and I choose not to, then you can't infringe on that. You can't infringe on that choice because that is my right to privacy. I have a right to be private, right? And so, like, yeah, I think privacy in and of itself is kind of a right. And I think that the government knows that at this point. And so there are going to be laws to kind of circumvent that a little bit. That's what I see coming in the near future. Because with the new privacy laws that are coming into place, like statewide privacy laws, I think 17 or 20 states already have now uh, passed their own privacy laws based off, like, privacy laws based on, like, what companies are allowed to do and how transparent they have to be about what they're doing with your data and how they're getting your data and when they're getting your data. And I think with that, uh, there are going to be companies that will definitely try to lobby uh, in the federal government to get some of that changed because they get a lot of money from that. When Apple was doing this whole ask not to track or allow to track thing, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg was up in arms against this in a uh, in a meeting that they had with their people and he said because i think it was what like was it 45 or 65 one of those two percent 45 65 percent of their revenue comes from that ad track uh tracking uh so you can sell ads directly to people at or sell ads to and also selling data right that's over almost or over half of their revenue comes from that stuff, right? The companies like being able to do this stuff without you knowing because they make so much money off of it. And I think that's infringing on our right to privacy because as we go on into the future, as we become more and more, or our lives move more and more on the internet, I think we have a right to, to being private. Just like you have a right to make your Instagram account private, right? Like, we're given the choice to do so, and you choose whether to do it or not do it. That's, that should be the user's decision. Yeah, it should be the user's decision, not, like, a company's decision for you. Because, obviously, you already know what they would choose. They would choose to track you. But, uh, yeah, that completely answers that question. <laughs> But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoyed the episode, give it a like. Give it a follow. Give it a like. Just let me know that you like. Of course, if you do like it, share it with your friends. Because good friends give friends good things. And you want to be good friends, so give your friend a good thing. Yes. If you want to follow me on social media, it is at Galahad on the IGs. And as always, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Same time. Same place. Every single day you already know what it is we've done this before plenty of times before 174 times actually before then we've done well technically this is the 174th time jeez i can't believe we've almost done 200 episodes man that's crazy dang hope i hope i hope what am i trying to say here Quick little just ending thing. Appreciate it. I appreciate everyone listening. I appreciate everyone that listens, has listened from from the beginning or whatever part 
of this uh, journey that you hopped up on, whatever exit or whatever stop you hop on the hindsight bus, doesn't matter. The fact that you're riding the bus with me, I appreciate that. Almost 200 episodes. I've been doing this every single day for almost 200 days. I think the consistency is part of uh, is part of the growth, you know. I think people appreciate consistency. They appreciate the the commitment that I had to this. I think so. Would you agree with that? Do you do you appreciate the commitment I have? To this? Is the commitment I have to this podcast part of the reason why you continue to follow this podcast? I'm curious. Either way, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Don't forget to drink a lot of water, and uh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow.